Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, Who are we? Ambitious Brothers! Where are we? We're that this is station WCBN FM Ann Arbor your Dharmic free speech station well uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of gray matters the weekly news and media talk show my name is Dick Whaley and on Mike 2 I'm Jim Dwyer Mike 2 yeah all of our clocks have disappeared i guess we're That's, living in that digital age where people say ah, we don't need clocks anymore we i got, got a cell phone clock in my pocket <laughs> is that a clock in your pocket or is it uh it's also very bright in here it's uh been such a rainy day out i've been yeah. sitting i guess in a dark room at home dark and dingy finally yeah, getting uh some actual normal weather coming in yeah Something like a normal October out People there today. complain that it's cold, but it's actually going to be normal the next couple of days. Anyway, uh, enough about the weather. It's plenty wacky all around the globe. Uh, well, you know, uh, kind of an interesting week politically for Donald Trump, as usual. Uh, I, I don't really want to get into too much about the kerfluffle with Donald Trump and the widow from from Florida, but let's just put it this way. This is an example of what's wrong with Trump. You know, he has to get the last word in, okay? It's like that uh, infamous argument that you have with your uh, significant other at some point in your relationship. <laughs> and there's somebody in the relationship that just has to say, mm, that's it. Not going to let it go. You win. Right. And you move on. Uh, obviously, the Kelly uh, press conference, it made it look like Trump was going to win. But that lasted one day. Well, I think it <laughs> didn't even make it all the way through the press conference. Yeah. And since I heard the show last week as I was on my way out of town, I uh, didn't get a chance to chime in on that. And, of course, Kelly hadn't come out as of last Monday and made his uh, statement to the press about this matter. Uh, he had the ball. On the one-yard line. Yeah. 
and mistakenly chose to go off the track and uh, denounce this uh, congresswoman from Florida uh, incorrectly. And uh, my observation on it is that I think General Kelly is exhibiting uh, Stockholm syndrome here. Stress. Um, this whole thing began, of course, when uh, Donald Trump was asked at the press conference last Monday where he spoke with his good old pal from way back in the college days, Mitch McConnell, uh, about how they were working together and they were always buddies and they were going to be buddies. And in the question and answer uh, segment of that Rose Garden appearance, uh, the president was asked about the four servicemen killed in Niger. In Niger, and yeah. Why? Uh, what, what's going on in Niger? Why were they uh, killed? What, what do you know about this? Instead of talking about what's going on in Niger, uh, we can talk a little bit more about that later. It's probably uh, lots of reasons why the president doesn't want to talk about the specifics no, of Niger. No, he doesn't want to talk about it at all. But that was the moment where he pivoted onto, oh, I had to make those phone calls and I, I already wrote the letters. Well, it turned out the letters hadn't been sent yet. And he was Obama, bragging. Bragging again. Bragging again and uh, oh, settling scores with Obama. Obama never made those calls. Well, almost immediately, former aide said, in fact, he yeah. did on a regular basis. He would yep, yep. actually go to uh, receive uh, remains uh, at Dover sometimes. Um, so it was... Trump who made this right the issue that sure. Kelly then had to come out and sort of uh, mollify uh, the public on and I think Kelly was right uh, to the extent that he said the president expressed himself as best he could that's that's Trump in a nutshell this right. is the best he can do it's not very good but that's the best that anyone and, can hope and for. to borrow Trump's own words you signed up for this yeah. You know, let, let's face it. The the president uh, of the United States does have a difficult job uh, uh, communicating grief. Uh, America's got 323 million people. There are tragedies, shootings. You've got war to deaths every day, practically. Be the consoler in chief. But sometimes you have to go out of your way to be able to communicate those sorts of emotions properly. Trump is obviously not a person with any experience at empathy. Right. You're fired. Yeah. His whole style is that in your face. Brusque. Brusque, bullying, loud, uh, and overly confident in his own ability. And to the, the, to the extent that Kelly's own personal tragedy was made a part of this story is also Trump. Yeah. Because he's the one who brought that up and said, oh, uh, uh, I don't know if Obama made those calls. Ask General Kelly if he got a call from Obama. Well, the, the commander in chief doesn't make a phone call for every single uh, U.S. service person who's killed. That would be their full time job. Well, uh, because if, so many of them are killed in accidents. In training accidents, yeah, training accidents fact, or uh, suicides on bases or or, or whatever. There are the a variety of Tiller. Uh, what was the uh, uh, former football player who was killed in a friendly fire incident? So the, there are a number of ways that things can go wrong. Oh yeah, Pat but, Tillman. Yeah. Pat Tillman, that's the name. But where Kelly really stepped off into the deep end was when he went out of his way to uh, characterize Waters' speech as self-aggrandizing. When that speech was re-aired. While she has sort of a, you know, a flamboyant personality, let's say, uh, with her, you know, cowboy hats, cowboy hats and so forth. Um, 
she was going out of her way, I thought, to emphasize the bipartisan nature of the support for this FBI building that was being dedicated and respect for the nation's defenders because she said, oh, uh, Speaker of the House Boehner helped me get this you know, sure. right up to the front of the line. I had support from Senator Marco Rubio. She was thanking Republicans. Well, and that's, that's the sort of gravitas and... Uh, you know, sort of grace that you show at those kinds of events right. anyway. It's, it's not, a team effort. You know, there's a picture, ironically, in the paper the next day with James Comey, yeah, former head of the FBI, but next to her in her cowboy hat. And uh, for Kelly to call her an empty barrel, dude, you want to look at an empty barrel? He's in the Oval Office. He's That's the, the noisiest barrel. empty barrel we've ever seen. He's the one that goes over Niagara Falls every now and then yeah. without a barrel. <laughs> so, But, uh, yeah, I mean, just a remarkable... Think, uh, uh, Kelly's identified with his captors, and any critic uh, of Trump is an enemy. Yeah, and I think that also with Kelly, you know, he's been... You can tell that he is a beleaguered chief of staff. Let's remember oh, yeah. that, that he took over this uh, <clears throat> thankless job uh, when Rents Priebus was replaced in the summer. He was moved from the Department of Homeland Security uh, to this chief of staff position, um, showing once again that Trump has numerous generals around him. Uh, I don't know when he's going to promote himself to a five-star general, but uh, it'll be soon. Because he's a military man. Well, Sarah Huckabee Sanders suggesting that uh, you can't question a general. Yeah. You know, this, well, I thought it, we could in a democracy. Mandrake, the redcoats are coming. Uh, of course, uh, Dr. Strangelove, yes, we can question the general. Uh, they go off their rockers like everybody else every now and then. Well, I want to mention real quickly to listeners, if uh, you'd like to read an interesting article by a U.S. Army retired officer named Colonel Robert Killebrew. It's on foreignpolicy.com, and it's a very thoughtful and very short piece called An Old Colonel Looks at General Kelly, and he talks about the detachment from the nature of democracy that a career military man undergoes and that the longer you serve in the military, although that's an honorable uh, profession to choose, um, the military is rigid and compartmentalized and hierarchical and democracies are messy and flexible and argumentative sure. and rebellious. And um, I don't think we've ever had a chief of staff that came from the military. This yeah. is not a job. I mean, normally that job is sort of dealing with the White House internally and also liaisoning with Congress. It's really a kind of a policy uh, domestic job more than uh, a job for a former general. Uh, obviously, Kelly's own uh, grief uh, is apparent on his face, but for him to go out of his way the way he did with, you know, not knowing all the facts and deciding that he was going to play a trump card uh, for one day when it blew up on him within 24 hours was an error in judgment on his part. And to me, I just don't understand why Trump doesn't drop this, but he can't. Well, that's the other thing, is that if we had just had that, it would have worked through the cycle, and there's other things to talk about. But he <laughs> brings it back up again after the widow herself came out and said what her thoughts and feelings were. He 
couldn't let her have the final word. Well, and, and also Kelly and Trump were completely unaware that the Congresswoman uh, Wilson was, uh, you know, a family friend from way back, that she had actually been a mentor uh, to the fallen soldier. And that her hearing the, the phone call on the speakerphone was just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. She just happened to be in the limo or whatever it was, the hearse, I don't know what it With was. With the family when the call was received. With yeah. the family when it was received. And there seemed to be numerous witnesses that can confirm that Trump uh, handled the phone call incompetently. Uh, I guess that's the charitable version of events. I do think, however, that... Uh, there might have been a mistake made on the other side <laughs> that I'm just going to briefly mention. I don't think it was useful to throw in the white supremacist comment in response to the way Trump and Kelly handled the thing. That gets into this empty barrel thing. That's some sort of a military term that I'm even uncertain myself about what that actually meant from General Kelly. But I do think that when you throw in the white supremacist comment, you've actually, th- it's like a tennis ball. It diminishes the, uh, the genuine merits of the argument being Right, made. and you're already... In this context. You've already taken the upper hand. The facts right. have borne you out yes. over and over. Uh, you know, leave it at that. You know, don't try to get the last word in. And that, of course, is going to uh, provoke more outrage... Uh, from Trump's base, uh, there's obviously a uh, a thing in the United States of America right now about Trump supporters. Uh, they're in denial about many aspects of Trump's personality, but they take great offense at comments about white supremacy. I really don't think that most of the people who voted for Trump are white supremacists, but I do think there were some, no question about it. Um, and I just think that that was on her part issue. a mistake of her making. Yeah. Hopefully this will end and we'll get back to the real issue of Niger. Uh, by the way, it's, it's an enormous place, the size bigger than Texas. And it's, sur- it's located. It's pretty know, much in the center it's of in Northern the Africa. It's, you know, it, it, it borders Libya, Algeria. Nigeria, Sudan. It, I mean, it's strategically unbelievable. Chad, Mali. Um, so, what are we doing well, in not the Sudan? Chad, yeah. Niger. Well, that is the congressional investigation that we now need. Lindsey Graham, who is supposed to be on the ball, he's a military man. Literally, he was a JAG guy uh, in the uh, reserve. When he ran for president, that came out. Uh, He sits on the Foreign Relations Committee, I believe, allied with John McCain. And he said, I didn't know we had a thousand troops in Niger. (laughs) Now, to me, that that is that that requires some serious investigation. And it's exceedingly troubling, by the way, when we see a front page article today, uh, CIA to expand its covert role in Afghanistan. Hunting bomb makers. Well, IED casualties are up. Yeah, and of course, just last week we had two mosques uh, that were hit on Friday by 
supposedly the the, the Islamic State um, during is, during prayers. By the way, I mean this is the, we're dealing here with barbarians. ISIS is obviously uh, getting cleaned up <laughs> and cleared out of Syria and Iraq to some degree, uh, thanks to the initiative of the Iraqi army, primarily. Um, and, and just a couple of weeks ago, I heard a BBC reporter in Raqqa questioning why the American military was bombing Raqqa. I said, look, Raqqa's already a pile of rubble. <laughs> There's nobody here. You're just hitting more rubble. Rubble's getting bombed. So American airstrikes are being utilized in some of these cities, and ISIS is obviously, ISIL, whatever you want to call them, is in big trouble in that region of the uh, world. But, uh, you know, they're going to spread out. We know that. Uh, you know, this victory uh, that Trump was trying to claim today, I heard a very brief comment about the caliphate, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> We're back into another area of, to quote Thomas Ricks, Donald Trump is a very ignorant man. Uh, so this is scary. And this is uh, and, and another example of Trump's incompetence. I just want to quickly get to this one. We saw that Congressman Marino uh, from Pennsylvania, Republican from Pennsylvania, was forced to withdraw as head of the DEA. The fact that he was even named is quite remarkable. Yeah, because, of course, what happened Marino apparently was one of Trump's early supporters. That's how he got this job. And somebody must have concluded that he was an expert on the DEA because he passed this bill by voice vote, by the way. One of the errors that Congress makes all the time. They vote on things. They don't even know what's in the bill. Well, what was in the bill? Stripping the DEA of the ability to enforce laws connected to the opioid crisis. And then, of course, it turns out he's got financial connections to the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, his political career is probably finished. You know, he represents a rural chunk of Pennsylvania uh, that have, that has been afflicted by the opioid crisis. So uh, this unbelievable example of Trump's incompetence, boom, you know, it, it, it explodes again. And yet another area of major policy Trump was supposed to and was bragging about how he was going to announce this week uh, new policies on the opioid crisis. Well, I guess his new policy is Marino has withdrawn his nomination. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, to circle back to Niger, because there's some Trumpian incompetence here, too. Uh, it was reported last week in the Washington Post that Part of the reason that these servicemen uh, potentially uh, were killed in an ambush is that Chad has withdrawn its military forces from some of the neighboring countries with which it cooperates in uh, conflict against ISIS in Africa. Sure. And uh, Chad was mysteriously added to the Trump travel ban list. Indeed. A couple of weeks ago, uh, perhaps uh, potentially for as reason a do as dubious as that they didn't have uh, passport paper available to make the uh, U.S. government asked countries to submit 
new copies of what your passport looks like at this current stage uh, so that we can, you know, authenticate and certify people who travel from your country to ours. Uh, Chad could not comply with that. Even though uh, we have many military bases in Chad, we have cooperated with them on military activities against ISIS throughout Central and Western Africa. Uh, they were upset by their inclusion on this travel ban. They withdrew their forces from Niger, and uh, there you have it. Yeah, and, and also just in connection with this whole military uh, m sort of uh, the mysteries of what is really going on, how interesting that in today's uh, editorial in the New York Times, America's Forever Wars, they write this, the United States has been at war continuously since the 9-11 attacks and now has uh, just over 240,000 active duty and reserve troops in at least 172 countries. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's like three quarters of the globe. Uh and we're not officially at war with anyone. Right, and that is, you know, that gets back to Congress and Mitch McConnell and who's he's a real winner. He's uh <laughs> He spent his whole career obstructing Obama, and now he's wondering what to do. He, he doesn't have anything left to do except uh, not affirmatively that he's a friend of Donald Trump's, apparently. <laughs> Trump's been attacking him for months now. Uh, so it's interesting. It says, well, the number of men and women deployed overseas has shrunk considerably over the past 60 years. The military reach has not. They list some of the countries. Here's one of the interesting little factoids. An additional 37,833 or 13 troops serve on presumably secret assignment in places simply listed as unknown. The Pentagon provided no further explanations. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a rather large chunk of the 240,000 active troops it's about one-sixth of them. Uh, I don't know why there's any uh, unknownness involved with all of this. This We, we know that America has troops in, in some countries for obvious reasons, but it's time to start thinking about bringing the troops home, as the saying goes. Uh, what are we doing? This notion that we are going to accomplish something on the so-called war on terror, which Trump uh, continues to refer to in these uh, bizarre statements that emanate from him uh, over the past several months. You know, he's looking for wins, wins. Mm -hmm. He wants wins. Well, he can't seem to get any. You know, it was interesting just a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a hostage rescue uh, situation in Pakistan involving a Canadian uh, man and his American wife who had been arrested uh, five years ago for hiking in Afghanistan, which... Does not sound like a good career move to me. It's not a picnic. <laughs> but, of course, what was interesting about this story was uh, the Canadian man, when told that Trump was president, Donald Trump, said, you have to be kidding. He'd basically been in a cave somewhere, literally. And Pakistan probably set this up. This was probably the old mouse and cheese game mm. uh, where Pakistan needed to look good for a week. So there's a spectacular rescue, and Trump is on TV claiming credit, saying this is what, the, you know, he actually used the phrase, this is, 
what makes people respect America. <laughs> huh? Uh, of course, you know, that whole event was, uh, there's a lot of fuzziness about what really happened uh, during the hostage rescue mission and all of that. But let's not be foolish here. Pakistan and the ISI play a very, very duplicitous role in the entire thing that's going on in Afghanistan. And any notion that the uh, CIA, uh, with the intent of expanding its role uh, into uh, Afghanistan further, to me, is just not. I mean, diminishing returns, anyone? Well, we've been there now for almost 40 years. I keep saying, when are we going to leave the Afghan people alone? I think that should be a serious policy debate uh, in the White House, but it won't be. Uh, There's this notion that the United States is keeping us safe. Well, I'd like to point out that Afghanistan and Chad and Niger are landlocked. They have no ability to project military strength to threaten America. So when you hear nonsense about threats to America... Uh, take it with a big, big grain of salt. Uh, North Korea, they actually might have some ability. They certainly don't have a Navy, but, you know, they might be able to fire a missile. But Chad and Niger and Afghanistan are some of the poorest places on the planet. These are countries... Chad on paper is our ally, too. (laughs) ...that need, you know, they need economic assistance. You know, the... This is rough terrain. This is not. Uh, People don't even have running water. Yeah, I mean, chasing terrorists countries. down in the middle of a sand dune strikes me as really dumb. Uh, you know, it worked for Lawrence of Arabia on in the movies. <laughs> Who can forget Peter O'Toole looking at his sword? Well, actually, just. <laughs> Parenthetical footnote: I'm sure Trump uh, if, does that. If the British intelligence uh, and and government policymakers had listened to T. E. Lawrence, uh, they would not have uh, crafted the Balfour Declaration in sure. the way that they did, which paved the way for uh, the chaos that now resides throughout the Middle East. And of course, Niger and Chad are old French, uh, quote unquote, colonies yeah. from the 19th century. Uh, Afghanistan, I don't know when it was ever conquered. Genghis Khan might have even given up on that place. But, it, you know, it, it's really time to rig. You know, it's funny that yesterday Tillerson made a statement. Apparently today he he, he made He's some, in Iraq right now. He made a surprise visit uh, in Iraq. But yesterday he was claiming that ISIS has been defeated and it's time for all foreign troops to go home. Great. Why don't we follow that advice and bring the troops home out of Iraq? Uh, he, was, of course, was referring to Iranian troops that he that are connected to the Revolutionary Guard. But let's not be naive here about what's been going on. Uh, you know, they just had a major battle in Kirkuk a week ago between the Iraqi army, which is backed by Iran, and the Kurds. And the Iraqi army took Kirkuk back. It's got oil uh, reserves there. Mm-hmm. And the Kurds are temporarily in a little bit of disarray. They're our main allies in some of this ground activity that's going on in the, quote, region. 
And but, of course, there's an active referendum amongst the Kurdish region for separatism. Yeah. And of course, not surprisingly, Iran, Syria, Turkey, and Iraq are all opposed to that because the Kurd, the Kurdish area basically uh, Venn diagram style goes into all four of those sovereign states. But, uh, you know, it, it's wonderful that uh, that uh, ISIL has been defeated in Raqqa. And it's wonderful that we're bombing rubble there and that Raqqa is essentially an uninhabitable venue at this point. Uh, that, of course, uh, rebuts any a notion of a caliphate, but there never was a caliphate in Raqqa. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of exaggeration about the power of ISIL uh, by uh, our military-industrial complex, and uh, things are not going to get simpler in the Middle East anytime soon. Uh, any of these victories or parades that uh, Donald Trump is planning for Madison Avenue with ticker tapes and all that stuff is uh, fairyland stuff. Uh, it's 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 not going to happen anytime soon, and these uh, regions are still under flux. Uh, let's remember that Raqqa is in Syria, and it's part of uh, an area of Syria that, you know, B Bashir al-Assad can't control. So what's going to happen? <laughs> well, we don't know, but we do know that there are many, many foreign fighters in both Syria and parts of Iraq still, and uh, it's a very messy situation. You are, uh, of course, listening to uh, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor and the program Gray Matters. Yazoo City Calling will be following this show uh, in due course, maybe a moment or two late. I did want to mention a local late-breaking story that I think is of some interest to uh, the Ann Arbor community, Ypsilanti community. There was an arrest made today uh, of a 29-year-old man former EMU student who is allegedly responsible for the racist graffiti that occurred in EMU last year. Uh, he apparently is uh, in prison already on a different charge. He's been charged on a variety of offenses, and uh, stay tuned, <laughs> because uh, this perpetrator has been caught, which I think is, is good, and... They need to throw the book at this guy. Well, yeah, this is uh, inexcusable. You know, community standards are such that uh, the people of Ann Arbor explicitly reject yeah. this kind of, uh, and I say specifically the people of Ann Arbor because there was an incident of some uh, ugly racist uh, graffiti in one of the alleys off of Liberty Street near State a couple of weeks ago that uh, police are pursuing leads. Yeah, on, on and of course well. we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know anything about the motives. Uh, obviously, he's a uh, inept criminal. But I will say <laughs> that but, the the two speeches that occurred this last week from the two most recent ex presidents, Barack Obama and George W. Bush, mm -hmm. were very striking in their similarity of tone, and. Uh, Neither one of them explicitly mentioned the 800-pound turd in the punch bowl, but talked about this emboldening of casual cruelty and uh, divisive uh, race baiting. Yeah. Well, um, I was even uh, impressed, you know, and Bush 
personally as a president was a disaster himself, an undeclared federal disaster area that they need to uh, declare. But at least he had the cojones to use the phrase conspiracy theory and nationalism, Mm -hmm. misplaced nationalism and that sort of thing. Anyway, we apparently are uh, out of time. Yazoo City Calling coming up next right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks to Andrew for engineering. Do stay tuned.